Well, good morning, everybody. Good, good. You guys enjoying summer? Some of you, I hear we had a crazy burst go through here yesterday, so um, out where I live, it was just rain, but you guys had some more over here, but I'm glad you guys are here. We're having a, we're having a good summer in our family, and so we went to Sandcastle yesterday, Friday, and um, so it was a blast and, and nice and hot and scorching, but um, now Micah cheated on me. We raced on, you, you guys know the slides, like the orange ones where you race, and so uh, last last time of the day, we went down the slides, and we were going to race each other, and if he won, I was going to buy him a shirt, but he, uh, he didn't even wait for me. He got slide one, and I got slide two, and he, he jumped down before I even got to my slide, so he says he won, but you know how that works. It's good, though. It's good. I guess. He got the shirt. Yeah, you know how that works. He got the shirt. There you go. Uh, well, uh, just a few, few updates. Next week, don't forget... Uh, Service will start at 10 next week, so not 9-11 like normal. It'll be 10 o'clock. For those of you that are new, especially if you're online with us, uh, on fifth Sundays, we either do a serve day or a celebration day. So this is going to be a celebration day. It should be on your, right on your seats there, maybe on your butt there. Uh, there should be a card for you. So bring somebody. It's an awesome day to bring somebody. We're going to have uh, a huge water slide with a million Orbeez to slide into. So some of you at Awaken got to experience that. Adults, you'll be able to experience that. So wear something. If you want to get wet, bring some clothes that you want to get wet in. There'll be a a fun water slide. We're going to have an inflatable. That's kind of a water. Uh, we'll have a, a little bit of a, uh, we're also going to have some uh, super soakers so you can soak your mom and dad or however you want to do that. All right. So we'll have some wars out there. Uh, but if you don't want to get wet, there's fun for you too. We're going to have, uh, we're going to have all kinds of a uh, food fellowship, just a blast together. But uh, we do, uh, when we do feast days, it's just a time to celebrate. So we've got three baptisms next week. And so if you want to be water baptized and you haven't signed up, there's still room for you if you want to be water baptized. So uh, it's a great day just to, to celebrate what God's doing in your faith. And so uh, right in our stage here, if you're new with us or you're online, this, this breaks down and there's a, there's a, uh, a baptismal right underneath there. And uh, we'll celebrate with the three that are getting baptized next week. And then we have some testimonies. And so if you don't know, uh, we have uh, about nine people in New York City right now. They're with uh, NISOM, New York School of Urban Ministry and are doing uh, ministry to vets, homeless. Um, there's some uh, like single moms that have been abused or, or in emergency situations. And so NISUM comes alongside of all of those. They've been doing it for many, many years, uh, but they were in the Brooklyn, the Bronx, and Manhattan doing all kinds of ministry. And today's their day off. They're going to Times Square to celebrate, I believe. And so be praying for them. They'll be coming home tomorrow, uh, as well as Todd Rosenwald. He leads worship up here sometimes. And so uh, you've seen Todd. He's with His Feet International. And so uh, we're blessed to have him part of our church while he's home from China. Uh, since COVID, he's been, been here in the States, but he still has ministries all over the globe. And so they're in the Philippines right now. And he just emailed me this morning asking you to pray for him. Uh, they're doing ministry in the Philippines and they're getting a lot of resistance. So uh, that is a good thing if you, if you know anything about spiritual things. So the enemy, when you're doing great things for the Lord, there's a little, always going to be a little resistance. But we pray that he would have some favor and God would just open up so they can continue to spread the gospel. So be praying for him as he's away as well. Uh, and um, also next week. So what time are you going to be here? 10 o'clock, right. So, and if you want to volunteer, this is a great time to volunteer too. So there's signups at Info Central or online, however you want to sign up. Uh, but we need people to do games. If you like to, uh, we'll need some, uh, we're going to be cooking out hot dogs, hamburgers, all kinds of fun stuff. So if you like to cook, uh, we'll have like 
the, uh, the raging oven that we have. It's awesome. It can cook a lot of food, right? Pete knows all about it. You get a tan while you cook. It's the most amazing thing ever. And so, but if you want to help with that, there's, you know, of course, games, serving, cleanup, setup, teardown, all that kind of stuff. So just sign up if you want to help out. If you've never served, you've never been part of volunteering here at Westridge, this is a good time to jump in. It's just a really fun day. Uh, real relaxed. You can just get to hang out and enjoy one another and serve one another. So be here for that as well. Um, and I think that's it. Oh, backpacks. We're, we have a couple more backpacks left. We're uh, at the pantry. We're going to be blessing some of our, uh, our family there at the pantry. And so for back to school, we're getting backpacks ready. So if you want to grab those, we have a couple left, right? So it, just right out at Info Center, there's a little table. Just take one. It'll be, it'll be all laid out for you. Just go ahead and get a backpack, fill it up with what's on that card, and bring it back, all right? And so we'll be uh, finishing out that as well. All right, you ready? Get your Bibles out. I told you last week, this is kind of a standalone. I, I had a burden, kind of uh, just really what to share with you today. And, and, I, and I love this part of Scripture. I love this, this message. Um, and one of the, it's, uh, it really is something that only God can do. So when, you're, uh, when you give your life to Jesus, so whether you're new in your faith or you've been following the Lord for many, many years, uh, the one true thing that God asks us all to do is to renew our minds. And Romans 12 tells us the only way you can renew your mind is with the Word of God. And so today is, is really, uh, the title of today's message is called Think Differently. All right, think differently. And so as believers, we're supposed to think differently. Um, but I, I want you all to know we're all selfish human beings. You know that, right? All right, so God helps us with our selfishness. Um, so, but... Uh, our human self, our, our human nature is to think about you. And so I'll, I'm actually going to be starting a series in the fall called Meology. And so how to get that, uh, that theology out of us. But, but really, as human beings, our, our natural instinct is just to think about ourselves. Um, so today, I want to just teach you how to think differently. We live in a culture. We live in a world. We live in a country, a state, a city, uh, where, uh, honestly, they, they, everybody wants to tell you how to think. They want you to tell you how to think. They want you to tell you what their opinion is and how you should view things. And if you don't view things, then you're not thinking right. And you, you may get a label or you may get a thing. And uh, so there's, there's just all kinds of people. And we all, the Bible says we're not fighting against people. We're fighting against principalities, powers, against the enemy himself. Now, he will influence people, obviously. And that's kind of what you're seeing. Uh, but everybody wants to tell you how to think. Uh, the important thing about thinking differently is uh, Jesus is the master of it. And it's not like he's brainwashing or any of those things. He really wants the best for all of us. And you're going to see this in Scripture. And so if you've got your Bibles, turn to Philippians 4. If you need a Bible, there's one in front of your seats there. You can grab one. It should be in the same translation I'll be reading out of today. If not, I'll, I'll tell you it'll be a different translation. But you can, if you need a Bible, you can have that one. Take it with you. Uh, one of our members here wanted to bless you. If you didn't have a Bible, go ahead and take it. Or if you just want it. But uh, I like having a hard copy. I don't know about you. I'm a little old school in that way. I don't mind phones. I like Bible the phones too, but I, I like the hard copy as well. And so Philippians 4, if you can find that, if you're new to the Bible, just look at the table of contents, find Philippians and go there. It'll tell you what page and all of those things. You can do that as well. But uh, thinking differently. Um, so uh, really, I wanted to share, and if I could challenge all of us, and it really doesn't matter where you're at in your faith, even if this is day one in your faith, uh, you can really start this challenge or maybe, uh, and if you've been following God a long time, maybe God's doing amazing things. You know this is true, but when you start to think differently, it, it can be hard to change sometimes. It can be hard to tell yourself no. Jesus says die to yourself, right? To tell yourself no and to look to what God is trying to say and how he's trying to help you. So in Philippians 4, there's some powerful truth here that really speaks to a lot of areas. But I, but I also believe they kind of stack up with each other. 
And, and so I want to give you these, and it, uh, really we're going to read just a few verses out of Philippians 4, but you're going to see how challenging this is for us. And I hope this helps you. I hope you walk out of here, and maybe you won't be able to do all of them at one time, but if there's one area that the Holy Spirit's speaking to you about, then just look at that area, start to think differently about that area. But let me start with the first one, and it's an important one. Your attitude is everything, right? Attitude is everything. How many of you have had a poor attitude before? Come on now. I've, you, we, hear, we say it a lot of different ways. I'm not a morning person, right? That's why you're at the 11th service, right? The 9 a.m., they said, see, we're morning people. The 11 a.m., I'll be there at 11, all right? So, or maybe you say, I'm hangry. How many say you're hangry? Like you get, it's, it's okay to have an attitude when you're hungry, so you call it hangry, right? There's a lot of reasons why we, we kind of, you know, wash over why we have an attitude or whatever that may be, and we have a lot of fun things. And look, all of us get an attitude at some point. We all have different ways of expressing ourselves or whatever we do or how you, how you show that attitude. But uh, in Philippians 4, Paul starts out the chapter, first of all, he's honoring some people that have, that have blessed him, served with him, helped him. He starts talking about a few uh, men and women that have really been a blessing to him. Uh, but then he starts out in verse 4, uh, and he says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Now, uh, many of us don't walk around and there's a song, and so maybe you're singing the song already, but many of us don't walk around, even when it's a bad day, we rejoice, rejoice, right? We, we may have an attitude. So maybe you don't think that way. I'm going to read out another translation. It might help you, but verse 5 says, let your gentleness be known to all men, men being people, not, not a gender, um, for the Lord is at hand. Um, now let me read this out of the message, and maybe this will make you, help you a little bit. It says, celebrate God all day, every day. I mean, revel in him. Make it as clear as you can to all that you meet that you're on their side. Working with them and not against them. Help them see that the master is, all, is about to arrive. He could show up at any minute. We just came out of an end time series. Wasn't that a good series? We just came out of that. So help them see that the master could come at any minute. Uh, so two things. Attitudes, everything. Paul says it this way. Find something. We're good at complaining, Right? Nobody had to train you how to complain. It's like instantly inside of you. But Paul says, find something to celebrate God all day. Find something that you can celebrate the Lord for. Uh, so if you're having a bad day or you're having a bad decade, you're maybe just a bad day at work. Uh, I used to be that person. Like if I had a bad day and I went to work, I made sure they had a bad day. Have you ever been that person? You make sure you push your bad day on them, right? If I'm going to be miserable, they're going to be miserable too, especially if you're the boss. Then you can really, really just lay it on your people, right? But, but the Bible says, no, I need you to think differently about that. I, I want you to think about something God has done. You, you can absolutely in your day and what you're going through, even if it's a tough day, even if, you know, maybe you're just going through the most extreme of things, you can still find something to celebrate God with. And this is what Paul's saying. We've got to change how we think about things. Let's not be the victim. Uh, you know, really, this is the, the, uh, the first, uh, so humanity's first sin was through Adam and Eve. But spiritually, the first sin that happened was Satan said, I want people to worship me. And this is what happens when we have a bad attitude, is we want people to recognize me and what I'm going through and, and what they need to do and whatever it is. But we get to a place, and this is one of the pandemics that's gone through our world today, is that, you know, we're the victim and poor me and everyone's out to get me. And it's not true. It just isn't true. 
So we've got to start changing our thinking about our attitude. And it starts there. Because really, we can't go through Philippians 4 and progress in our faith if we've got a bad attitude. Uh, one of my favorite uh, preachers and friends that I like to listen to is, says this, you can't disciple a demon. You know that, right? You can't disciple a demon. If we have a bad attitude, we're being influenced. We're being influenced by the wrong spirit. We're being influenced by the wrong person, Satan himself. And, and ultimately what happens is we put that on other people. We're not, we're not teachable. We're not moldable when we have an attitude. And typically, normally, you take that out on the person that you love the most. It's probably a spouse, right? When I say, do you have a bad attitude? Some of you were elbowing your spouse. I saw it. I saw it. Maybe you had a bad morning this morning, but look, it's about our attitudes. Find something to thank God about. As you go through your day, even if it's a bad day, find something. You're breathing, that's good. You can find something. So your attitude is everything. The next one, and let me just caveat this with the attitude is important before you move into the next one. Because I believe if you don't have the right attitude going into the next one, it's just not possible. But um, the next one is handling stress and pressure. How many got some stress? Anxiety, pressure, right? All of us do. Here's, here's what God is not saying. That because you have stress, because you have pressure, or maybe because you have anxiety, that means that, you know, you, you can't have a conversation with the Lord. That's not what he says. Actually, he says the opposite. Because in verse, in verse 6, it says, be anxious for nothing. And the only way you can do that is, is to have a conversation with God. You see, I believe the problem in our world today is, is that we don't listen to the scripture. It's not that we don't be anxious. We're anxious about every single thing on the planet. We're anxious about everything. We're worried about everything. We're fearful about everything. Now, that's not necessarily, uh, you know, again, we're human beings. We're people. We all make mistakes. But the scripture says, be anxious by nothing but, and the but is, this is how you do it. And everything by prayer and supplication or having a conversation with the Lord. So it's okay that you're feeling stress. It's okay that you're feeling pressure. It may be even okay if you're feeling like you're anxious, but God says, I want to talk to you about it. You see, this is what I love about the Word of God and being transformed by the Word of God. It's not just about memorizing scripture, although that's important. I think it's an important thing. It's about a relationship. God cares about you. He wants a relationship with you. He says the truth will set you free. You'll be free indeed. The truth is a person. The truth is not only the person. He is the word. And he wants to have a conversation with you. So have a good attitude. Find something that's good in your life. Find something that God is doing good inside of you. And praise God for that. Be grateful. Be thankful. You're going to see the steam all the way through Philippians 4. You've got to find something that you can thank God for. And if you're feeling stressed, you're feeling like, look it, look, it doesn't matter what age we are. Look, some of us get stressed at school. There's tests. There's friends. There's, there's things happening in our schools today where it's just, it could be difficult. Maybe you had an argument with a friend. Maybe you have this huge test coming up. And by the way, summer is almost over. Isn't that crazy? Summer's coming to an end. School's getting ready. You're already starting a school shop. College. Like, it, it, it could be stressful at times. There's a lot of decisions for the first time in your life as, a, as you know, you're leaving your home and you're starting to make decisions for yourself. That can be stressful. Trying to figure out who you are. Trying to figure out what makes you tick. Trying to figure out how you 
take responsibility and run your life, that's all new for you. As parents, having kids, look, that's all new for many of us. And if it's not new, maybe you've got kids and you've had kids. Look, you're always learning. There's always things that we need help with. There's always going to be something. Stress and anxiety. Maybe at your job. But the key is always the same. God is always telling us the same thing. Look, be anxious for nothing. And the only way you can be anxious for nothing is to just talk to them. Have a conversation with them. You see, the pandemic that we are involved in today, a lot of times because of our anxiety, our depression, our stress, it causes human elements, physical elements that happen, right? There's, there's more people today on, on medication and drugs for anxiety and depression and stress than ever before. Now, I believe, uh, I believe there's an important reason for that because they're not doing this right here. You see, for many of us, myself included, we try to solve everything ourselves, and while sometimes that can work, sometimes you can figure it out. I get that. Sometimes we're, we're uh, you know, we're in, intuitive. We can figure things out. But the reality is, if we keep doing that with every single situation in our lives, then we don't need God anymore. And while that's not true, you may feel or sense that I don't need God because I can do it. But the truth is, this is what we're seeing in our world today. Is people are stressed, they're anxious, they're, they're, they're fearful. We just went through a couple of years where people wouldn't even walk out their doors. They wouldn't shake a hand, they wouldn't hug, they wouldn't get in that place. And I understand there was a disease and a sickness, but what do we do? We gotta constantly be in a place where we go to the Lord and we ask him for help. We have a relational God that understands and knows. And this is what I love about this next part of this verse. Wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, whatever the stress, whatever the anxiety, whatever the sickness, the disease, or whatever the diagnosis that the doctor gives you. And God can use all those things, by the way. But he says in this verse, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Look, you're going to see this all throughout Philippians 4. And by the way, that's not dinner and cranberry sauce. Being grateful coming to the Lord saying, God, I am, you know, I love reading about David's prayers and Psalms and Proverbs and, and even, even Solomon's and Ecclesiastes. I love that you have people that say, God, I'm, I'm messed up right now. This is the way I feel. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. In fact, David says things like, like it, totally not God's heart at all, but he says like, just, just kill those people. Like there's things that David says in his prayers, but he, I love that he's going to God with it because God can help if we're open that's why I say we got to have the first, if you have a good attitude and you're coming to the Lord saying, I'm feeling tension, I'm feeling stressed, there's a lot going on in my life, God, can you, I want to receive from you. I want to hear from you. It's a good place to be. Now, if we have a bad attitude and we're just telling God what to do, you're still going to be anxious and stressed because you're not really asking for the Lord's help. You're telling God, you're complaining, really. You're not really praying, you're just complaining. But this verse says, be anxious for nothing, be uh, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. And then God says, look, let it all out. Let it all out. Let your request be known to God. Talk to me about what you're going through. Talk to me about what you're feeling. And this is what I love about David. Look, tell me how you feel. That's fine. God's got big shoulders. He died for every sin. 
So he understands that we're not perfect, that we make mistakes. But talk to me about it. How many times have you gone through something and you not talked to God about it? And it's okay. Look, I've tried to solve things on my own. I've tried to do things. And that's, listen, it happens. But I'm just telling you, the issue we have in our, in our country, in our world today, is because this happens a lot. We are going through a lot every single day. Our kids are going through a lot. Our, our teenagers are going through a lot. And if they're not talking to God about it, what's happening? Well, it's stacking up on them. Right? They're getting pressure. They're feeling tense. Same for you as an adult, right? You feel anxious. You get all this stress. You, you start to get depressed or you feel the weight. It feels like the weight of the world is on you. Why? Because you're, you're not giving it to God. You're just, you're keeping it. You're bottling it. And for many of us, it causes physical problems. We have headaches. You get these neck cramps. You get all of these things. And I can't tell you what the it is or what this is why you have this. But I can tell you, just talk to God about it. Talk to the Lord about it. And I love his answer, his, his answers in the next verse, in verse 7. Have the right attitude. Come to me. If, don't be anxious. And if you are anxious or you're stressed, then talk to me about it. Come with thanksgiving. Don't come complaining. Come with thanksgiving. Look, tell me your problems. Tell me about what's going on. And then he says in verse 7, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You see, this is the verse that everybody wants, right? You go around, you see a lot of things. We want peace. We want world peace. We want peace. Well, if you know anything about the Bible, that's not a reality. There's never going to be a world peace except for an eternity. But it's because of a relationship with Christ that you're going to experience that, not because it just happens. And this is what Jesus is saying. Look, if you're going through something, have a good attitude. Come to me. Talk to me about it. And watch and see that my peace won't surpass the way you're thinking. Uh, if you've ever done this before, I don't, uh, I don't know if you've ever had this experience before, but I, uh, you know, I've obviously, and I think we all have, have had situations where I just, you just don't know the answer. You don't know what to do. You're not sure what God's asking. Maybe you don't even know what the will of God is. But the great thing is, is that you have a relationship with the living God and he wants to talk to you about it. You know, a lot of people will say, well, don't make a decision until you have Peace. And this is what they're talking about. Like, don't just make the decision just because you need to make the decision. Don't take control. Allow God to give you his peace. And if you don't have it, don't make it. Wait. Not everything is a microwave. Not everything's urgent. Not everything you need to make this decision right this second. A lot of times, surpassing our understanding, uh, I don't know about you, but there's been decisions that I've made in my flesh and myself and I thought it was a great decision. And then there's been decisions where I let God help me with the decision. And let me just tell you, anytime he answers, it's much better than what I thought. And a lot of times it's a lot simpler than what I just made. Or the, if I was to solve the problem myself, it was a lot easier just to listen to God. And this is what this verse is saying. It's, look, he's going to surpass our understanding. It's so interesting to me that we go to the world for our problems. We've all done it. We go to the world. We go to a lot of things. Sometimes, uh, if you've ever dealt with addiction, some of us have gone to, 
you know, pills, and we've gone to bottles, and we've gone to drinks, we've gone to, you know, even other things. And, and there's, there's a ton of addictions out there. But basically what we're doing is, is we're, we're trying to numb what we're feeling. We're trying to numb what's here. Now, it doesn't solve the problem. Now, it delays it. But you know what? It comes back. In fact, it comes back even stronger, mostly the next day than it was. You numbed it for an hour or a night or whatever, but it, it's still there. It's still there. Peace is a person. Truth is a person. Life is a person. Love is a person. You will not find it in the world. You can buy, search, have a relationship, be prescribed it, but it will never give you peace. Never give you grace. You'll never have truth. This is what I love about changing your thinking. Maybe you've never done this before, and this is my challenge to you. And there's, look, take any of the challenge from this message. Maybe it's starting with your attitude. Maybe you just need, you know you have a wrong attitude. You know you have a bad attitude. You know that you need to change how you, how you treat people. Look, start there. Maybe you've tried to solve your problems on your own. You're anxious, you're, you're, you're tense, you're, you're stiff, you're tight. Try this. The reality is you're anxious, so let's talk to the Lord about it. Let's see what happens. Remember, it's a relationship. It's, some magic, it's not some magic wand. I've known plenty of atheists that have quoted scripture and are not free. Freedom comes with a relationship. Here's the next one. The power of whatever. Not whatever. The power of whatever. And what do I mean by that? Well, read the next verse. Have a good attitude. Don't be anxious about anything. Come talk to me. With thanksgiving, watch that the peace of God won't surpass your, your understanding and guard your hearts. By the way, I didn't mention anything. Guard your heart and guard your mind. Tell me anything in the world that will guard your heart and guard your mind. There, you won't find it. God will. The Lord will guard your heart. Because in your own selfish self, the way you guarded your health was to go get something from the world to try to solve it, but it doesn't solve it. But you have a God that will heal. You have a God that will help. You have a God that will restore. You have a God that will, that will set free. Only God can do those things. Then the next thing, the whatevers. Now in the New King James, I'm going to read out a New Living Translation. It says whatever. And in the New Living Translation, it says um, fix your thoughts on what. All right? But it's the same thing. So I'm going to say whatever, just, just so I can drive the point. Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and you received from me. Here's Paul saying, look, I'm not asking you to do anything I'm not doing. I'm not asking you to, look, look at, what, look at me, look at what I'm doing, do that. Everything you've heard from me and saw from me doing, then God, the God of peace, again, there's that peace, will be with you. Let me ask you a question. 
What do you allow in your heart? What do you allow in your head? The Bible says, God says, whatever you think about should be pure, should be noble, should be honorable, should be praiseworthy, should be truthful. That's what you should let in. You know, my testimony is, and I, I've shared this quite a few times, but many of you may have never heard this. Maybe you have. Just hang with me if you've heard it. But my testimony is music was my God for a long time. And there's nothing wrong with music, by the way. God made music. Right? Our bodies are instruments. They're musical instruments. You've got chords. You've got percussion. All of those things are built into you. God made you. God loves music. In fact, he made an angel that was to worship him. He was over all the worship in heaven. You know what his name was? He's now Satan, but he was Lucifer. He was the worshiping angel in heaven. So Satan knows music is powerful too. And Satan knows that you can use music for the negative, right? You can use, this is what Satan said. He said, I want people to worship me. And guess what he's using? He's using music to do that. Now, I'm not here to tell you which artists are good or bad. Here's what I am to tell you. The Bible says, put in your mind, put in your thoughts, whatever is good and admirable and truthful, honorable. Is that what you're listening to? Is that what you're watching? You know, for me, I had uh, this revelation happen to me. I'm much like you. I'm reading a verse just like this. And, and I had to be honest. No. No. What I'm listening to is trash. And I had to admit it. And I was one of you, young people. I was one of you. Well, it's just a good beat. Really? Because the beat drives a message. There's a great game show out. Now, you guys think it's a cool game show. It's called uh, Name That Tune. You ever seen that game show? It's new. It's out again. But it was like out a long time ago, just so you know. Name That Tune. You could play a beat in three notes, four notes, five notes, and they can actually say the words to that song with just the beat. Why? Because the beat drives the message. The beat drives the message. Now again, the message could be good. The message could be honorable. The message could be truth. The message could be admirable. Look, I don't have a problem with music. I have a problem with the message. For me, it was the message. I was drowning in the message. The Bible says this in, a, in the Psalms and many other verses. What you let in your heart will come out your, you will become like your friends. Again, it's purely neutral. But what you let in here is going to come out of your mouth. So if you let filth in here, guess what's going to come out of your mouth? Filth. And that's what was happening to me. I was listening to music that was telling me lies, not truth. It wasn't honorable. It wasn't admirable. It wasn't the things that God is asking me to do here. You see, that's where uh, there's a word in the Bible called repentance. And repentance is a great thing. You may be thinking, oh, that's a terrible word. No, it's a great word because repentance is I'm taking responsibility. For me, I'm saying what I'm listening to is not what God wants me to listen to. It's not helping me. And repentance simply means you take responsibility. We've all made mistakes. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. You take responsibility and then you change your thinking. That's what repentance means. You change how you think. So in my day, when I was listening to music, there was little things, they were round, called CDs, and there was music on them. You kids don't, you don't have any of those today. 
I used to make fun of my parents because they were called 8-tracks, even older technology. But for me, it was in CDs. And, and in our cars, we'd have these CD binders. You remember those? Like you would, they were bigger, four times as big as this Bible. You would open it. And there were sleeves of CDs, right? And while you're driving, let me just tell you, kids, you got it much safer today. You could say, Siri, turn on this, and it turns on. In my days, you're, flip, you're driving, flipping through the leaves, trying to put the CD in there. And if you're uber wealthy, you had one of those like 12 disc changers, right, in the back. You could load 12 in there at one time. So anyway, I, I was reading a verse like this, and, and it really hit me. I was convicted. I repented. And so I brought, and, and I was involved in the youth ministry here. It was, it was early in my faith. It's when I gave my life to the Lord. And so, but I was involved with the youth ministry, and I was learning more than the kids, I think, in my faith. And so I brought all these CDs in, and I told the, told the youth pastor, and I told the kids, I said, hey, this, is, this has been a God for me. It's been an idol, and I just want to smash all these things. Now, today, it, it may not be, for me, it was a great thing. Like, you're smashing all these CDs, shrapnel's flying everywhere. It was so freeing. It was so fun. Today, I'd have to do that to your iPhone. That would not be freeing for you, probably. Maybe it will be. I don't know. But I'm smashing all these CDs. But then the Lord revealed even a, a bigger idol for me. And that was, I, I used to compete with car stereo. So I had all these, like, I bought a truck specifically to squeeze as many speakers as I could in it. So it wasn't enough for me to listen to the music. The whole town had to listen to what I was listening to. And I didn't care how unhonorable it was. Like everybody had to listen to what I was listening to. And the Lord said, I want you to take it all out. It took a year and a half, multiple times, and lots of money to put all this in. And the Lord said, take it out and put it in the youth center. At that time, our, 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 we were in the basement of this church. That's where the, we used to meet for our youth center. And we didn't have a sound system. And so... I had no idea that God could take music that was a crutch for me and turn it into good. So now the same speakers and amps and things that I was playing all this terrible music for is now playing worship. Something that's honorable and true and good. So young people, I'm just, I'm not here to pick apart who you listen to. All, and, and old people, maybe you're there too. Let me just say, what are you letting in your heart? And what you let in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. It's the same for every person. It doesn't, it's, not, it's not age appropriate. And this is why God is saying, look, have a good attitude. If you're anxious, come talk to me about it. And then what, what are you letting in? What are you thinking about? You see, changing your thinking is God's specialty. It really is what he's good at. But you have to do it with the word of God. Because everybody wants you to think like them, don't they? Politically, everybody wants you to think like them. In your job, everyone wants, wants you to think like them. And sometimes it's okay, but does it line up with the word of God? And if it doesn't, then you have a choice to make. Am I get, you have to choose. Am I going to listen to that? Am I going to be a friend with that person? Am I going to allow that person or that, that job or that boss or that music, am I going to allow it to influence me? And look, influence can be a good thing depending if it aligns with God's word. But you've got to make those choices. And so again, the power of whatever. Think about whatever is good, honorable, admirable, noble. That's how God, that's his desire for you. His desire for you is to prosper you, not harm you. To bless you, to give you hope and a future. That's his desire for you. 
And finally, let me close with this one. Learning to be content. Oh, that's a tough one, isn't it? Especially in America. This is like, right? But the Joneses have it. The Joneses have it. I got to have it. They got the white picket fence. I need the white picket fence. They got a new truck. I need a new truck. Again, stuff is neutral. Here's what Paul says. And this might really strike a chord with you about contentment. He says, How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I love this. I have learned to be content with whatever I have. Watch this. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. How would you be if you had nothing? Or if you had everything? Would you be content in either situation? He goes on to say, I have, I have the secret, listen to this, of living in every situation, whether it's a full stomach or an empty stomach, with plenty or a little. The secret is, is being content. Now, the, one of the most popular verses in the Bible is quoted next. Most of you, I'm going to start it, and you can, you can repeat it, or you can say it, but most people know Philippians 4.13, 4, right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But the context of that verse is his contentment. It's contentment. I don't have a problem with I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me in quoting it. But let's not take it out of context. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me only if you give me that truck. Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, isn't that what we do sometimes? The first four years of my life were, Jesus, if you do that, then I'll follow you. Jesus, if you answer this prayer, then I'll. How many of you know that doesn't work? There's always a Jesus answer, and then there's always, yeah, 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 but you got to do this too, and this too, and this too. How about that he's just God, and we're going to worship him no matter what? You know, because many times when my attitude was bad and, my, and when I was selfish, I would pray things that were selfish. And I'm thankful God didn't answer them. I remember praying awful things over my parents. When I didn't get what I want, I would pray awful things. Thank God he never answered. Or you'd pray, I'd pray that over my boss. He didn't give me the raise or the position or the thing. I'd pray awful things. I didn't know what I was doing. But I'm so thankful that God didn't answer those prayers. The will of God is a beautiful thing. He knows what we need. But one area I struggled with in my life and is being content. Are you content with a little? Are you content with nothing? Would you be content with where you... If God didn't give you anything else for the rest of your life and you have what you have today, would you be content? It's a good question to ask. You're still blessed. You're still blessed. God's not a slot machine. But let me just tell you, he loves you deeply. It's so much different worshiping God when you have the right attitude. 
It's so much different walking with God when you realize that you have a relationship with the living God who knows what is best for you. He knows the desires of your heart. He knows he made you, he created you, he wired you. It's so much different when you go into prayer and say, God, this is what I'm experiencing. This is what I'm going through. But God, I, I, I know you love me. And I'm feeling a little stressed. I'm feeling a little anxious. But I know, God, I know you know what's best for me and I trust you. But here's my concerns. Here's where I'm at. You see, that's a different heart than saying, God, you better answer in this way. And I'll only worship you if you do that. Now, God is very long-suffering and very patient. And I remember some of those prayers early on in my faith where God did answer them. But I just want you to let you know that's not the way it works forever. So today, I just challenge you where you're at. Maybe you have a bad attitude. Maybe you are so tight and bound and anxious right now that you need God to help you. You see, the renewing your mind part will only happen in the truth, but you've got to choose to trust that God wants to help you. And by the way, renewing the mind is, that's his job. That's what he does. If you're teachable, if you're moldable and you have an open heart and you're saying, God, I want to change. I want to transform how I think. I want to transform how I see things. God will help you. He's the master at it. I think the bigger issue for many of us is, is the third one. What are you allowing in your heart? What are you allowing in your heart? Again, I can't tell you where you're at. All I'm just saying is ask the question. Repentance is a beautiful word and it's a beautiful thing. There's nothing wrong with you saying, God, I'm sorry. There's a whole world out there right now that will not repent, that will not say, I'm sorry. Let me just tell you, God forgave you so you can forgive. Sorry is a great word. Repentance is a great word. And so maybe that's where you're at. You just need to say, God, I'm so sorry. For me, it was, God, I, I am blowing it in this area. My words are foul because of what I'm listening to. My, my actions are foul because of who I'm hanging out with. Now, it's not that I don't like these people. It's just the reality of I let those things influence me. I can still love those people, pray for those people, but I've got to be caught, careful and allow God to guard my heart. Allow God to guard my mind. And the only way to do that is by renewing your mind, transforming it. So stand on your feet and just right where you are. And maybe you're here today and you're just not content not content. You're always worried about what's next. You're always worried about what someone else has and what you don't. There's so much freedom and just saying, God, thank you. You've blessed me. In fact, I like the question, what if God doesn't give you anything else for the rest of your days? Now he's a good God and I don't think he'd do that, but I'm just saying, would you be content? Would you be okay with it? Lord, thank you for this church. Thank you for these people today. Lord, help us think differently. We're your followers and you're the Lord and we want to think like you. Your word says that we're to be imitators of you. Not, we're not perfect, God. We're not going to go through this life and not sin and not make a mistake. We understand that. But God, the more I look to you, the more I follow you, the more I talk and have a relationship with you, 
where it says in Psalms, I find my confidence in the Lord. So so many of us are trying to find confidence in stuff or things or positions or titles or schools or names or or having the right logo or brand or wearing the right clothes. Our confidence is found in the Lord. It's not found in things. It's found in the Lord. It's not wrong to have things, but always remember your confidence is found in the Lord. Lord, I just thank you today, wherever we're at. Help us think differently. Lord, I, want, I don't want the church to be seen as hypocrites. I don't want this, these people standing before you to see us. I, I want them to look at us and go, man, that, that's a good man. That's a good, good woman. They're always thinking about others. They're always serving me. They're always, like it said in Philippians 4, they're, they're coming up alongside of me to help. They're coming alongside of me to support. Not to knock me down or call me a name or be judgmental, but they're, Lord, they're always serving. And so, Lord, I pray for every person here. God, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to us? If there's, if there's anything that we spoke about today that you're dealing with us, Lord, you're, you're showing us, I'm, I'm, I want to help you here. I want to bless you here. I want to change your thinking here. Oh, God, that we'd be open for you to direct us and lead us to truth. And that truth will set us free. And so, Lord, I'm thankful for everybody here. We just praise you. We worship you. We trust you. And Holy Spirit, we're asking for your help, your guidance. That's why Jesus sent and the Father sent the Spirit to us so we can have moments like this. And we love you for it. Lead us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.